You are listening to Life Over Coffee, and I'm Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me for the podcast. This is episode 189. You can find all the show notes for this podcast on our website, rickthomas.net, N-E-T dot net, episode 189. The title of this podcast, Life Over Coffee, is Helping Someone Break Free From Fear. Fear is a typical fallen problem for all of us, and that's why I want to do this podcast, because there is not a single person on the earth who does not struggle with fear in some shape, form, or fashion. You were born in Adam, and so was I, and because of that, we come into the world crippled by shame, guilt, and fear, among other things. It is a part of our Adamic package when a beautiful, cute, cuddly, warm, smiling, beautiful baby comes into the world, what you don't see on the surface is shame, guilt, fear, no exceptions. And without the restorative help and power of the gospel, our Adamic fallenness, our package, will metastasize into hopelessness, and it will take over the hurting soul. So in this podcast, I'm providing you with vital insight to help any person struggling this way. Now, you won't overcome this in a moment. In an instant, it would be nice if we could say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, help me, and all your shame and guilt and fear, it will go away. It won't happen, so perhaps you you want to do a deeper dive into our resources or you want to talk to our team, I would encourage you to do that. We have a free community forum that is open to anybody in the world 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you can in- interact with us. Think about it. It's like a life coach. That's always there, always available. You can pull out your mobile device and you can ask your question and receive instantaneous help. And so we want to do that. Now, if you are a supporting member of our site, we have a private forum for you. It's a much smaller community, of course. And you can ask, and I would encourage you to ask on our private forum, and and that would be great. I want to give a brief shout-out to Matthew, who just wrote in on the forum. The reason I want to say this is because, well, one, I want to encourage Matthew. I want to praise God for what he wrote. But in my Your Daily Drive podcast, the last one that I did called Warming Butterflies, I shared about how a pastor was asking how could their church partner with us, how could we work together where we could serve their local church in this area of sanctification. And I shared an idea in that podcast, and I thought, well, maybe maybe I need to share something in this one as well to continue to envision, because it is a common question. Rick, tell me again, what is it that you do? And so Matthew wrote in, and he said that the timing of this article, there was an article that he was reading on, on our website, He said, the timing of this article is incredible, and then he began to share what God was doing in his heart, and he was talking about another article, the one on self-reliance and how the diagrams in that article was starting to make sense. 
Well, he said a lot, and Matthew, thank you so much for writing in and sharing those things. But for those of you, pastors, leaders, small group leaders, ministry leaders, parachurch organizations, how can we partner with you? I want you to hear what Matthew is saying. He's using us as a resource. He's been reading our articles and listening to our podcast, and God has been using this content to affect him. And that's what happens over and over again with our resources. And so, Pastor, if you're looking for a good ministry that you can partner with, that we can be supplemental to what you are doing, how you are leading your congregation, we would love to do that. For example, you can take this podcast, episode 189, Helping Someone Break Free from Fear, and you can use this as a homework assignment. You can use it as a template, a guide to help someone who's struggling this way because everybody in your church struggles with this idea of fear. Episode 189, Helping Someone Over or to Break Free from Fear. You can read the show notes. I want to give you a preemptive warning. Here it is. Don't make the mistake of reading or listening to this content and moving on to the next thing. This idea of fear, as I said, is a part of our Adamic package. That means it's a life, it's a lifetime sin problem, and it can be a life-dominating sin problem. Lifetime problems or dominating sin problems do not go away in a moment. You'll have to do the things that I'm suggesting here repeatedly if you want these biblical ideas to settle into your long-term memory. If you do like so many Christians, which is content overload, nothing will lock into your permanent memory vault, meaning get off Facebook. Stop it. Get off Facebook where you're liking the quote of the day or Instagram. You're liking the quote of the day or the tweet of the day. And those things just flood through your mind, and you can't remember nine quotes back that you liked. You can't. I dare you to try to remember. You can't because it's content overload, and that is not how sanctification works. I did a podcast for a friend who told me that reading so much of my stuff was bogging down his transformation. Yes, I said that, and you heard me right. He said, Rick reading so much of your stuff. It's like I can't keep up and I can't process it all. And so I told him to stop it. And I did a podcast for him. And this podcast is linked here in these show notes. And if you haven't listened to it, I want you to listen to it because I am I am appealing to you in the strongest way that I can to stop reading so much of my stuff. You see, my friend didn't understand how transformation works, at least this part of transformation. And part of his problem is all the accessible information in our world today via the Internet. You see, some Christians are like sanctification chain smokers who, who never change because they believe more is better when it's never been that way. 500 years ago, when a brother or sister was reading by candlelight in a log cabin, they had their Bible, and they would just read and meditate and talk to God and go walk in the woods and read and pray and meditate and memorize they focused on one thing. They were not distracted. They weren't reading their Bible and 
having Facebook in their other hand. They weren't going down the road catching up on their prayer life. They were doing one thing. More is not better when it comes to transformation. And if you are a sanctification chain smoker, you need to change. Stop it. And so that's my preemptive warning. Now, Serving the Fearful, episode 189, how to help them. In this podcast, I'm going to illustrate the ideas that I'm sharing with you by using a husband, helping his wife overcome fear. Now, if you want to, you can switch this around. Wife, if you have a husband who really needs to work on this problem, then just change all the pronouns, and that would be fantastic. Wife, you can help your husband overcome fear. Small group leader, help someone in the small group, pastor, etc. It doesn't matter what the relationship construct is, but in order to streamline this thing and to give you a case study, I'm going to illustrate these ideas by using a husband helping a wife. But please flip it around if you need to and apply it to your specific situation. Now, the first thing is for you to be clear on the order of priority of her entrapping sins. Your wife has multiple entrapping sins. I said, as the podcast suggests, helping someone break free from fear. But fear is is not a standalone, isolated, unconnected sin. What you're going to find are several entrapping sins, and you're also going to find them in a sequential order one stacking on top of the uh, of the other. Let me explain to you. In theory, I'll give you a, a theoretical overview of what I'm talking about, and then I'll practicalize it so you can really see it visually. But if a person is struggling with fear, what you're going to find is multiple entrapping sins in a sequential order with each one stacking on top of the other. And so I will start with three then two, and then one. That is the order. Three would be the behavioral issue that you are seeing, experiencing in your wife's life. And then underneath that, number two, they're going from from outer to inner, as you can see or hear here. So number three, the behavioral issue And then stacked under that, number two, there will be soul issues. She has a soul issue that leads to the behavioral issue. And then number one, the core issue, the heart of it all. This is, well, in this case study and in this podcast, we're talking about fear. And so the core issue is fear. And then that fear motivates her to do things, to think things. Number two, soul issues. And then what you will experience, number three, behavioral issues. And so the first thing for you to do is to be clear on the order of priority of her entrapping sins. There are three of them in sequential order with each one stacking on top of the other. Now, let me give you a little more detail to that. Let's take number three, the behavioral issues or the outward habits. Your wife sins behaviorally. Now, I'm sure there are many behavioral sins with an insecure or fearful person. And some of these are patterns that have become her method of coping and covering her fear. This is a masking method. 
She's masking what is really going on inside of her. The gnawing in her soul is imperfect at best. And so she believes that she has to she she has to use or exhibit these sins behaviorally because she's trying to hide what's going on. Let me give you a few examples of behavioral sins that you can see in any insecure person's life. This is not an exhaustive list, but it'll just give you an idea so you can stir up your own mind to think about some of these behavioral sins. And the key idea, and I'll talk about this in a moment, You can't make what you see as the main point of focus in her life, and it's critical. And this will be your temptation. You will experience her outward habits. You will see her behavioral sins, and you will jump on those things, but you'll not realize that, that those things, those outward manifestations, are things that she's doing to hide the fear that is going on, and you will never address the fear if you focus exclusively or primarily on what you see, what you feel, what you experience. Here are some of those outward habits, some of those behavioral sins could be. Number one, or one of those, is lying. Now, I think it should be obvious as to why she would lie, why an insecure person would lie. They're trying to hide the fear. And so if you jump on the line and make her stop, fix her from lying, but you don't address the fear that's motivating the line, it's going to be like a stain under white paint. You can paint over it with your paint, but the the stain's going to bleed through. Perhaps she buys things. She has to buy a lot. She's a shopper. She feels better about herself. She's, that's also a form of escape. Maybe she wants to enhance her reputation. She twists the truth just a little bit so she can appear to be better or different or in a way that she wants to. It's called reputation management is one of the ways that you could think about it. Maybe she has instant anger to shut down any threats. And so if you begin to talk about her lying, she goes off in, in this volatile anger and, and then you want to stop her from doing that. But what, what you don't understand is that there's this fear. She feels threatened. She feels like she's going to be exposed. There could be other escapes like overeating or oversleeping. The person who doesn't want, the fearful person doesn't want to face their day or face their world and sleep, in quotation marks, is a perfect escape, though it's not. Maybe she overly focuses or focuses on self-esteem, always esteeming herself, not really an other-centered kind of person. And then here's another outward habit that you could see, blaming her problems on others. Now, this is not an exhaustive list, but it just gives you an idea of some of the behavioral sins that you will see on the outside. This is the the third thing that you should focus on, not the second or not the first, but here's the problem. We tend to focus on what we see without addressing what's going on in the heart. All right, number two, underneath these outward habits, underneath these behavioral sin patterns, what you will see are soul issues. One specific soul issue is a pattern of muting her conscience. What is she doing every time that she lies or buys things or enhances her reputation or has instant anger or escapes through overeating or oversleeping? 
Every time she does that, her conscience is going off. Her internal moral thermostat is going ding, 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 ding. You don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And what she has to do, the insecure person, she has to twist and mute her internal moral thermostat. She doesn't want to hear the pinging of her conscience any longer. And the reason for that is because she's she doesn't want to be exposed she doesn't want her fear exposed she's trying to hide in plain plain sight and so that is a theoretical glance of these three issues that are stacked one on top of the other there's behavioral sin problems whatever they may be and that cannot be your primary point of focus And then number two, underneath that, there's the muting of the conscience, the twisting and distorting of the internal moral thermostat because she's doing all she can possibly do to hide the primary problem, the core issue, number one, her fear. Now let me give you a practical outworking of how this looks in an individual's life. Three, two, one, outward habit, soul issue, core issue. All right, let's say that the behavioral sin that we're talking about is deceptive communication. Your wife distorts the truth. Your wife tells lies. Number two, as you get underneath that, she is motivated to deceive because she fears exposure. She doesn't want her fear to be exposed. Now, this should be common sense. This should be biblical logic working here. And then, of course, problem number one, the core issue is fear or fear of others. And so here's a practical illustration. Here's a person who lies. They have internal soul problems. They're motivated to lie. And then underneath the internal soul problems is this this core issue. They are fearful. I am afraid Therefore, I don't want to be exposed. And so I begin to think, how can I not be exposed? Thus, I conclude that I want to tell lies. A husband would see the habit of lying and never discern how he must ask the why question. The why question is like raking leaves, like in the fall, when the leaves fall to the ground, you get out your rake, and what you see on the ground are the leaves covering the ground. Those are the lies covering the ground. And you, you, if you want to take care of the leaves, you, you got to rake, you got to get down to the bottom of it all, and then rake it all up and get underneath it. And that's a kind of a weak illustration, but I think you understand my point. And so rather than asking the diagnostic question, the why question, the husband chooses to interrogate his wife about lying. Do you see how inappropriate and how problematic and how hurtful this is when you zero in, target, hunker down on the behavioral issue, number three, the outward habit? Maybe he condemns her, criticizes her, threatens her while never realizing that his disappointment in her is motivating her to double down on hiding the real truth about what is happening in her soul, which is fear or maybe fear of man. Parents do this. They can so easily fall into this trap. A child does something behaviorally. They sin in some way. Maybe they lie too. Maybe they lie. And the parents 
finds out about the lie. And then it, here's the danger. I mean, there's a lot of danger here, but one of the dangers is, is you can make your child stop lying, or you could think you made your child stop lying, but they just double down. They become better liars because they are afraid of your condemnation. Your condemnation and your anger and your threats and your inter interrogation only makes the problem worse if what's underneath is this idea of fear. And children struggle with this all the time. Children want to please their parents. Most children want to please their parents. And if you come over the top with your without asking the diagnostic question, well, why did you do that? You come alongside as a friend, as a complimenter, as, as a person who wants to help and get underneath the problem in an environment of grace, but not one of interrogation and condemnation and criticism and threatening. And so the husband, his wife lies to him. And he goes over the top because he's focused now on the deceitful communication and she doubles down. And so what you have in this scenario of lying, number three, behavioral problem, deceitful communication. Number two, soul issue, a lying heart, a muted conscience, a person's thoughts as they're trying to figure out how to keep their fear from being exposed. And then, of course, number one, core issue, she doesn't want this problem of fear to be exposed. You see, an insecure person doesn't want to feel any smaller than they already know themselves to be. Maybe you can look at it like a picture, a big, towering person over the little, diminutive, insecure person. If you want to see this visually acted out, I have a, a short 45-second video. It's a super short video that you can click on, and you can watch how this towering person over the little insecure person, and that the towering person, the righteous person, or you could say the self-righteous person, has to realize how they are coming across to the insecure person. The insecure person doesn't want to feel any smaller than they already know themselves to be. And if she, if your wife, or whoever it is in this scenario, but in my case study here, by the way, again, this is episode 189, helping someone break free from fear. But if this smallish person perceives that you may not approve or accept her. Those are key words there. Those are cravings of her heart, approval and acceptance. Or you can take the coin and flip it over, and on the other side of the coin, guess what you're going to see? It's a synonym to approval and acceptance. But that synonym is on the other side of the coin, and it's rejection. All three of those words are the same words. If she perceives that you may not approve her or accept her, meaning you're going to reject her, guess what? She may resort to bad habits, lying to cover the real truth about herself. Do you see how you're complicating a pre-existing problem? Too often the husband in this scenario will be so offended by the deception, the behavior, that he misses the hidden truth. She's a little girl craving acceptance 
and your appreciation. And it's so important to her that she will even lie to assure that you never reject her. It is vital for you to understand my biblical logic here. If you don't discern what I'm saying, you'll always be attacking your wife for her behavioral sinning while not addressing the real culprit fear of man that is going on in her soul. And if you want her behavioral sinning to go away, if you've got to address the root. I have another video here called Targeting the Heart that you're welcome to watch, and I also have an infographic that visually describes what I'm sharing with you. Now, with these things in mind, if you want to help someone overcome this issue, then here is your homework assignment. I have three articles here for you to bookmark and for you to memorize. You remember my preemptive warning, don't be a sanctification chain smoker, but you need to hunker down in what I'm sharing here. And so I have three articles. And by the way, these articles are in sequential order too. The first article is how to help a person change. I'm not going to lay out the information that is in that article. You can click on it and you can read it or you can listen to the podcast. But the critical idea in that article is for you to encourage your wife or encourage the fearful person, whoever that may be. The main thing that an insecure person needs is your warm, favoring, and encouraging words. As I talk about in that article, you know, parents can get children to change when they're, when they're young by condemning them, threatening them mocking them, making fun of them, criticizing them, shaming them. There are many ways to manipulate a person into change, and parents can do that with children when they're young, but it will not work when they become older. And if you're trying to help your wife to change, there's only one approach, and that is the encouragement approach. And then the second article that I want you to read is called The Natural Regression of a woman. That article is linked here as well, and it talks about the three primary shaping influences in a woman's life, the th in a wife's life. The three primary shaping influences in a wife's life is Adam. As I've said earlier, she comes into the world with Adamic fall uh, fallenness. It's part of the Adamic package. And then the second primary shaping influences are her parents. And then the third is the husband. Now, I will assume in this scenario that Adam and her parents did not do well by her. We know that Adam didn't, and we know that her parents were not perfect. And as you begin to think about you know, how she was reared, whether it was with her parents or other people, there, there's a lot of shaping influences in her childhood. She could be hurt by so many people. But what that does is that it makes her worse off. A child like this is worse off than when they were born. When when you meet them at 18 or 25, whenever you get married, you, you find that she's worse off than when she came into the world, especially if the primary shaping influences in her life, in addition to Adam, were adverse. And that's why in this article I talk about the natural regression of a woman. And it's your job to cooperate with the Lord to reverse the curse by helping to restore her in a spirit of gentleness. And so in the first article, how do you help her? You encourage her. In the second article, The Natural Regression of a Woman, you need to understand the shaping influences in her life and how she got this way as you look into the past. 
And then the third article is how to break free of this idea of the fear of man. Now, the reason I put this article last, you say, well, Rick, her primary problem is fear. Let's, let's just jump on that. Let's, let's do that. Let's talk about fear. Well, that's the problem. You might want to fix her <laughs> without thinking about your method for helping her. Encouragement, that's the method, or understanding the complexity of her soul, the natural regression. And so before you fix her, before you come alongside her to help her, it is vital that you you have the right words and the right attitude. I talked about it earlier as having a, a warm favoring. Favoring is a synonym for grace, grace-centered, and encouraging words. And so you want to have the right method. Encouragement is the method. And then you also want to understand her complexity, how she got this way, the historical shaping influences in addition to Adam, who have shaped her adversely. And now with the right warm words and the practical understanding of how she got this way, this third article is will actually help you to help her overcome this problem. This is episode 189, Helping Someone Break Free from Fear. And as I said, that you will not be able to listen to this podcast and even read these articles here, and, and you're done. You're done. This can be either a life-dominating sin problem or just a lifetime sin problem. It's not so dominating, but it's a recurring theme in your life as it is in all of our lives. And so it is vital that, that we're being vulnerable enough, transparent enough, and there is irony here, and I'm sure you perceive that. The person who is helping the fear, fearful person struggles with fear also. The husband in this scenario struggles with fear too, because we all do. If you want to talk about this or anything else, please come to our website, rickthomas.net, and it would be our privilege and our joy to chat with you. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.